Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Lion of Vienna Street podcast. My name is Tom Jenkins, and for episode 152, we have a carbon copy panel for episode 151 with James Jarvis and Chris Manning joining me to discuss all things Bolton Wanderers. Now, we had done this podcast uh, prior to the Harrogate game. You listeners would have uh, had an even more depressing and downbeat show than last time, such as the shambles of our 2 0 home defeat to Newport County. Since then, However, the Whites have finally turned the corner, it seems. Touch wood, cross your fingers, all of that. Having beaten Harrogate Town 2-1 at the Keepmoat Stadium, ending a 13-game winless run and sticking two fingers up at Doncaster's Liam Hoden in the process. All things considered, a pretty solid weekend. Um, We're also recording the night of the 2-1 Shrewsbury defeat in the EFL Trophy. We are now out of the EFL Trophy, but let's be honest, we're not really that arsed. But it was a match to forget, certainly for Tom White, who not only missed a penalty doing that stupid Jorginho and Bruno Fernandes, you know, jumping up and down nonsense. You know what I'm talking about. He shouldn't be doing it at League Two football. But he also went off uh, nursing what looked like it could be another serious injury. I believe Ian Everts come out post-match saying that it could be a medial ligament damage. So he may well be out for a sustained period of time. But it's typical, isn't it, James, that it was Josh Vella who uh, inflicted that injury upon poor Tom White. It must have mistook him for you, Chris. Um, but because it's <laughs> topical, if the if the injury to White is as serious as it looked, should Ian ever be looking to replace him in the transfer market, cancel the loan, something of that ilk? Uh, you probably think so, because with him out, we've only got four other centre mids. And, one, and if you want to count Sonny Graham, then you can, but otherwise, no. no. Yeah, we definitely need a body to replace him, because... Uh, well, well, I don't, I don't know whether to be able to even get him deregistered, but maybe that's another conversation to have. But yeah, I suppose he'll, I suppose he'll be a loss even if he was out the team for the uh, Harrogate game, as especially with a fixture list as congested as ours. You, you, you need, you need him, you need him. But uh, I, I'm, am I right? Because Vela should have been sent off ages before that tackle went in. It just. For me, it just shows the standard of refereeing as well, that he was allowed to get away with that, and we've suffered the consequences for it. Like, Vela, I know you're a former player and whatnot, but you were an absolute dick for doing that. It was so <laughs> Welcome necessary. back on the podcast anytime, Josh. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was a fairly appalling first half, which I think is the reason why he was withdrawn at the interval. Um, clearly trying to you know, put, lay a marker down at his former club, but uh, doing it in the wrong way. You mentioned Sonny Graham there, James, and I think it's an interesting one that he was on his Instagram watching the match and not actually part of a squad that had a lot of um, very, very young players on there. Interesting, Chris, isn't it, that he seemed to be the one that was left out when he could easily have been taking part in the starting lineup on the bench. Yeah, I noticed that obviously the likes of Riley and, and Tweedley on the bench, two lads who only came into the club over the last sort of two or three years in, in terms of the scholar level so if they have already leapfrogged Graham then it doesn't really say a lot about his chances I know that he had the, the misfortune of having his loan with Coles uh, curtailed or even not even started given his, his the Covid situation but it's a shame because I, I wasn't as down on, on Graham as, as a lot of people seemed to be last season I thought that there might be something there uh, and like a lot of players who played in that <clears throat> that team last season I'd like to have seen a bit more of him but then again the Brock Banks coming out of the cold Riley has come out of nowhere. Tweedley was on the bench. Just never say never under this, this this current time, especially with numbers being so light in midfield. Uh, I didn't see the game, so I'm not uh, not really able to comment on on Vela's aggression. But I, I, I defer to you in that respect, James. So was he just throwing tackles around? Was he just being a bit belligerent? Or do you think he it was maybe it was any more malicious than that? He, he had three challenges um, before. Tom White's, which in my opinion were all yellow card worthy, and obviously he was only punished for one of them, and then he got away with an, without a card for injuring uh, Tom White. So he was a very, very right. lucky, very, very lucky boy today. He's obviously come on a lot as a player if he's able to keep up with an, op- an opponent and get a foot, get his foot in. I don't remember him doing that very much in the last few years at Bolton. It is interesting, isn't it? We were saying pre-pods, and I don't want to disparage Josh too much because he was kind enough to come onto the podcast, and you know we, we were very grateful and to, uh, grateful to him for that. But uh, he certainly didn't win himself any friends of a Bolton persuasion today. Um, it's, uh, we had the conversation about Graham. It's a very interesting one that he's not been put into the team today. Regan Riley was put into the team. James, obviously, you watched the game just like myself. 
Um, there's been a lot of positivity about his performance on Twitter. What did you make of it? Uh, I think overall in the game, I don't think he did too bad, to be fair, especially for a lad, a lad of his age. He did make some all right runs, a couple decent passes. Um, but that, but for me, you can't overlook the big blight in his game, which was how weak he was in, in the second goal. He was just easily shoved aside and... Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to be a big blot on his um on his on his proper first first team debut this season, and yeah, it, it's 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 unfortunate. It's unfortunate because, like I said, I don't think he did too bad. But at the same time, I think he's also proved that he's still not quite ready for the first team yet, or at least in my opinion. But I, th- I think the point that Mark Arles made, though, the fact that he recovered from that mistake to actually put in a half decent performance, deserves quite a lot of credit, especially as his young age. Did he play the exact same role as White? Well, yeah, he was playing. I, I, don't in, really um, know, no, I don't really know him as a player. He was playing in the holding role, just alongside Comley, and sort of giving Darcy license okay. to roam forward. Yeah, I will say that I thought he did better than Comley um, overall. Uh, but... Yeah, Com- Comley faded quite badly in that game. I thought he had a reasonable first half, like looked quite confident on the ball, but then completely anonymous second half. Yeah, well, that seems to be the case with Comley. He, he he really, really comes and goes from games, and it's really frustrating. It's probably why yeah. he's probably why he's starting in the AFL Trophy matches instead of League Two. But I digress. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's surprising that I thought he started the, the the first game, first couple of games. I know we were uniformly rubbish, but I thought he was he was one of the the better standouts. But then again, I think since Tuck came into the team, he's he's shown. In, in an unflashy way, what a, a holding midfielder should be. It, it, I like him. Uh, I think he's he's comparative uh, comparisons to Jason Lowe. Uh, when I was talking to Lee, another contributor over the weekend was how, how his first pass is always forward. And I think if a player like that isn't in the team with that experience, I think it's a tough ask, especially for someone like Darcy to step up and do exactly the same thing. So, so how did Darcy do? If I may just push the conversation forward a bit. That's all right. I, I thought he was impressive for someone who's basically had no okay. minutes of first-team football, um, especially coming up against the side. He was pretty much unchanged from what they would usually play in League One. Uh, doesn't yeah. really have the cutting edge, though. I think, I think it, Liam, Liam was saying this in the chat earlier. He's got a good footballing brain. He works very, very hard, runs around like, like nobody's business like Tut did in the in the Harrogate game, but doesn't really have a cutting edge for that <laughs> final pass or that shot. So, to be fair, though, that's basically what we've seen from him for a while now. So it's not really a surprise to see that in his performance. No, there's no doubt Darcy's tidy, but I agree with you that that end product is uh, is a bit lacking at the minute. Yeah, I think it told most um, towards the end of the game when uh, Hickman passed in the ball in the box and instead of just trying to blast it with his, uh, even though it was his weaker foot, instead of just trying to blast it, he tried to dance it around his feet so he could put it on his stronger foot, which just... Mm ended up putting more pressure in. Oh, okay. That was really telling. But I do want to praise him because his free kick to Greenidge for our goal was absolutely sublime. That was a lovely ball. See, I thought it was yeah, awful it was originally. Best. It was one of those ones where I thought he'd gone way, way too far and then just suddenly this big six foot six monster appears out of nowhere to mm. knock it back across goal. Mm, I didn't see the goal. It certainly was. It was nicely flighted in. I think given the height we've got when Crawford's not in the side, um, I think that's definitely something we should be looking at taking advantage of. It's it's surprising how we've not used that as a real uh, tactic so far this season. Certainly not as one of our main options anyway. Yeah, it, yeah it, it, that frustrates me even more when he persists with this absolute myth of short corners being effective. <laughs> yeah, it, it really does. It, Absolutely it, horrendous. It does irritate me. It really does. You've, you've spent this entire summer recruiting Land of the Giants at the back and not using them properly, but... Uh, one of the lads who did come in, not necessarily a giant, but certainly would have absolutely loved getting his first ever goal for his club, you know, sort of living our dream. I think there's been quite a lot said about Senior on Twitter. Um, he looked so delighted in that situation. Um, he almost forgot to pick up the ball to run it back so that we could restart the game quickly. It was just, it was really, really nice to see, wasn't it, James? <laughs> you can't help but be buzzing for the lad. He, he's no. been supporting this club since a really young age. He's been through the entire... Academy, academy from top to bottom, and uh, yeah, I think we all, I think we can all share his smile today. I, I want to comment overall that I don't think he had the best game defensively, but that that's irrelevant when you have a moment like that. You can't, regardless of his overall performance, he, I'm, I'm absolutely elated for him, and I hope it long may it continue. 
Yeah, I was going to ask with the follow-up being, you know, has he stayed a place for you to try and get into that first team? No. I would have said no, no. but yeah, I think I think that we sort of he kind of glosses over the fact that maybe his positioning wasn't quite good in that in that back three. I don't think he's necessarily used to playing that system. Yeah, his, yeah, his positioning wasn't the best. Um, there were a few sloppy passes, um, some where it's just you're thinking, why did you even attempt to go there when there's clearly someone right in front of the man? One moment I especially remember in the second half was. He had um, Conley in quite good space to his to his left, and he said he opts to pass right to Hickman, who's marked by their left winger in in a really not position. And then they hit us on the counter. It's just naive moments like that uh, that he needs to get out of his game. So for me, things like that shows that he's definitely not ready for first for full regular first team games yet. But you can you can tell the ability and the desire is there without a doubt. Yeah, I'm very pleased for you, Adam, and I think um, we all want to wish you the best and well done for scoring Definitely. your first goal for your club. Fantastic achievement. Um, the last thing that I'd like to come on to for the, the, the Shrewsbury game before we move on um, is Liam Gordon. Now, obviously, we watched the game. Chris, you didn't, but you'd have obviously seen him in the other matches that we've played. Correct. Um, he was one who I really was hoping for big things from thus far, and I've not seen them. And in the Harrogate game, Liam Mas- Maskell came came in and looked really, really impressive. So where do we see Liam Gordon going forward? It's a funny one, isn't it? I mean, we've signed a lot of players who have come through the ranks at other clubs at this level or, or below. I mean, Greenwich being one, played a lot of football in the low, uh, some football in the lower league and played some football in the lower leagues abroad. Uh, Gordon as well, you know, he's, I know he's played for Dagenham and Redbridge, I think it was 50-odd times over four seasons, but that was all in the National League. Um, his loans were even lower than that, I think, if if, uh, if memory serves. So he's certainly got a lot of making up to do in terms of his his professional career at full league level. But yeah, I think in flashes, I've seen some decent stuff. Um, I just like a bit more consistency. And I think you're right in saying that Maskell is probably above him at the moment, both in terms of, of seniority, experience and, and form. So I'd absolutely have no no qualms with that changing at all. But like, like I agree with you. I think they've got the raw, raw attributes to be an exciting player. Uh, and I'm sure he will He'll become useful over the course of the season when he settles in. This is a huge step up This for, for many players in our squad. I know we spoke last time as well about the manager. But again, I think we might have to just be a little bit more patient than normal, which I, I get isn't really Bolton fans' defining characteristic. But we may not have a choice if, uh, if, if these players do require a bedding in period. Yeah, I don't think um, patience is particularly a virtue that we hold dear as, as Bolton I, I, fans. Certainly not one of mine. No, exactly. Um, but James, I, I thought Gordon not particularly impressive today. I thought he whipped in a couple of good crosses, one of which should have been buried by Arthur Nawa, or Nahua, whoever you say that poor sod's name. Very, very unfortunate second name to be given, especially when you're going into football. Portland must be a commentator's nightmare. But um, I, I think I think what we noticed was Liam Gordon defensively, he does switch off, which I think Jamie Maskell showed what a left wing back could do from a defensive perspective. And it's why we're start, suddenly starting to pick apart his game a little bit. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with everything Chris said. He's been showing it in flashes so far, which is why I haven't been as down on him as maybe some of the people have come to so far. It's just one of those things that he's going to have to learn because Maskell's come down from the upper level. Even though he didn't play much for Wickham, he has still been playing at a League One level. So he's more used to the kind of intensity of playing at playing Definitely. playing in these upper tiers but it's some it's it's something Gordon is clearly still adjusting to. You could tell from his first game at Forest Green that he was nervous playing in his first competitive fixture. Um he he did not he did not look quite quite in that mindset ready yet for football. Um I think he's been slowly growing into it. Um you, you see him starting to drive a bit more at um at four at on the wing instead of you know just passing sideways along and hoping the midfields or something, um, he's trying to open up more space and like that, and he is getting up and down more. So you can tell if, even if it's slowly, Gordon is improving. But right now, Maskell has to be the starter because uh, as soon as he came in, he was already doing the job that we wanted Gordon to do from the beginning, driving at the defenders, um, using using that pace down your left hand side and just. Get getting forward, and then when you need to, just get back as quick as you can, and just be be strong in your challenge. That that was that was the biggest problem. Sometimes Gordon was too lax challenging challenging his attackers, and 
and Maskell showed him how it was done. So, yeah, right now, definitely Maskell over Gordon, but Gordon certainly has something there. So you don't need to get too down on him at the moment. No, I think um, it was Reese in the chat saying that he needs to be loaned out. I don't think we've quite got to that stage yet. And, you know, people who are able to play left wing back or left back are quite difficult to find. Certainly, of good standards. Gordon so. needs to be left to be loaned out. Who would be? Who would be back up to Maskell then? Have but, we got anybody else? This this was the follow up conversation that occurred. I think Reese was going to say that he wanted Greenwich to be our uh, our backup left wing back, but um, I don't necessarily see that being mm. a no, not for the, me. We'll never see Greenwich have the energy to get up and down like that. No, not a chance, but um, yeah, I, I don't think that's going to be anywhere near Ebert's thinking anyway. It was just a, sort of an offhand comment. But, you know, we've got to give Reese credit. He's uh, had one of his best mates get into the Bolton first team, so he's already won up on us um, in Regan Riley. Uh, but anyway, that's the Shrewsbury game over and done with. We don't really care that we're out of the EFL trophy. Uh, but what we do care about is the league. And if you cast your minds back to Newport County game, boys, I know it was a long time ago. Um, I was sat in a pub celebrating my birthday, getting absolutely drilled. So I had no idea what was going on in that match. I have no shame in admitting. But let's be honest, it was fairly appalling, wasn't it, James? <laughs> You're being kind. You're being kind. Uh, uh, we looked just second best completely all over the park. Um, I, I was never for the, the change in formation to four at the back because, I said it, as I said in the previous part, I felt it just completely undermined all the work we were trying to do to play to the style that ever wants and two two new losses in that formation really really showed that for me and it it was just even worse than even some of our worst performances this season because there was absolutely nothing in attack we were we were completely toothless and you could just see how frustrated the likes of Doyle were getting being isolated up there and having to feed off scraps and then. When it, and then when it comes to the defending, we we're all rightly, buried, uh, rightly had a go at Santos for his switching off in that game because he was doing it constantly in the in the other matches as well. That there was just amateurish mistakes all over the park, and Newport punished us for it. They probably should have got more than two, but it is what it is. And Krellin also had his worst game for us at that time as well. So. It was almost like all of our fears that we'd um, addressed in the podcast in the week building up to the match had been realised because we talked about Krellin and what you know mistakes we thought he had in him and what issues there were having him as our main goalkeeper. But Chris, obviously we now know, having played the Harrogate match and won that game and seen much more positive signs, that it's not all doom and gloom. But how worried were you immediately about our season after that game? Hey mate, I get worried about our season after we're losing after every preseason game. Never mind the league. <laughs> um, it's a, it's a, it was a strange one thinking back because at the time, you know, every time we lose a game, it's the end of the world. And then you have got an opportunity a few days later to put it right again. And I think the, the, the mark of the team, and I guess the mark of this team at the minute, is how they respond to those uh, to those setbacks because there's going to be more. You know, we've had more than we wanted to have at this stage of the season already. But I thought there was enough in the Harrogate game to, to really make me think that the, the powers of recovery and the mental strength of the guys in the team is sufficient, that whatever the deficits uh, and the problems we experienced against Newport, we've got the, the, the character, the spirit, the will, you know, whatever you want to call it, to, to overcome that sort of thing. And, and I don't disagree with any of James' points. I think they're all spot on. There wasn't really anyone that came out of the Newport game with any sort of credit whatsoever for me. Not even, not even Hickman, who seems to have become a bit of a, a darling on the terraces in his first few games. There's loads of reasons why the Newport game was rubbish, but I, I think that the, the the response that the guys gave it against Harrogate was was much more uh, impressive. I think Santos uh, was outstanding too. I know we're pushing on to Harrogate a little bit here. Uh, no, no, he no was I was going to ask good... you whether or not you thought it was really, really impressive that Santos could come back from what oh, was yeah, a difficult that's... week for him. Most definitely, you know, it, it, I think that 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 just backs up the faith that the manager's got in him, and then in in turn, the the faith that the the fans should have in him as well. You know, I think that there's going to be moments when these inexperienced players such as Gordon, Greenidge, you know, whoever it might be, those that are coming to us where we are the pinnacle of their career. You know, even in our lowest moment, we're still the pinnacle of that of, of their career. And it's going to happen. You know, we're, we're learning. You know, we've got a manager who's trying to prove that he's not wedded to a formation, to prove that he's adaptable and, and, and hence the, the changes in style. Uh, sorry, the formation, not necessarily the changes in style. Uh, and the number of the personnel changes because he's developing a brand new squad out of a bunch of strangers. I think uh, it, it, it was disappointing. Don't get me wrong, very very disappointing. But 
although I wasn't quite as uh, as pickled as you, my friend, I was certainly decided to medicate myself in a different way anyway at home, so it was all good. Yeah, so that's the one way to deal with them, Bolton losing, certainly. Um, the I think it's sort of a, a tried and tested method, I think we can call it in your case, Chris. Um, uh, the other, the other thing, I don't want to dwell on the Newport game too long because obviously, you know, we spent far too much time in the previous podcast dwelling on depressing and negative subjects. But one thing I would like to just talk about is the uh, the signings we made just prior to the game. We both went straight into the uh, the match day eighteen, and that was Arthur Nower. I'm going to say Nower. Is that? Is, do you reckon that's a reasonable way of pronouncing? I'm doing a will here. Probably, probably, uh, it's, probably it's probably it's probably <laughs> newer, like Nedham and newer, but without the O. Hmm. Let's call him nowhere. Why don't, we, why don't we try and get nowhere going? Just call him going? Arthur. Just call him Arthur. <laughs> Arthur. Arthur G. Arthur G. Every day when he's walking down the street, etc., etc. Um, that, that's a reference for you there, James. And uh, there was also Lloyd Isgrove, a much more easy uh, name to pronounce for, for us, Wel- us Welsh folk, so he says, while stumbling over his words. Um, it makes it much easier rather than pronouncing their names to ask you, James, what you think of the two signings. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't... I, I get he did well for Swindon last year, but at the same time, um, Isgrove hadn't had an assist in about in about seven of the months that he played for Swindon. He only really don't get got, Chris started on assists. He, he only really got them in. <laughs> he only really got them in August and the beginning of September for Swindon last season. And outside of that, he did nothing. Must have at least put in a lot of effort for Swindon fans to take to him. But I wasn't really overwhelmed by his record and. It, 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 I was also kind of worried because he didn't really fit in with the initial formation style, as, as I mentioned earlier. So I was worried we were going to continue with this um, four at the back. But I suppose, I suppose, like you say, it is good to have options. It is good for him to show it's adaptable. It's just a shame that the lad just didn't come out from the other side of that game. He's clearly, he clearly, he's clearly fallen behind on his um, on his fitness work during that period. As for newer. Can't say I knew anything about him. Um, he lives close to the stadium, apparently. Yeah, oh God. We got hounded for that, didn't we? Yep, we did. I'll never forget this. Never forget it. Oh, well. I, yeah, I wasn't that bothered about it, but it is funny how, it, how that became a whole thing. But anyway, um, watching him against Shrewsbury today, he really should have scored. Um, so I am really worried about his um, striker's instinct. Well, let's be honest. You look back down his career; his goal output is fairly poor, to say the least. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he strikes me as the kind of like hold-up striker or you know second striker, yeah. um, or to, to be like the Delfonso role, maybe. Uh, well, you can tell that from the way he played against Shrewsbury, because other than that, his his general overall play wasn't too bad. He made some all right runs. His decision making probably couldn't have been, been a bit better. I can recall a couple of times where he should have played a pass earlier, and we would have been in on goal, and. Things like that, he probably should have taken the penalty to redeem himself rather than Tom White's Jorginho esque dire <laughs> effort. But really pissed me off, that really pissed me off. Yeah, don't worry, I was the exact same, but yeah, didn't know he doesn't look too bad, but he's clearly not a starter. But that, but that's fine, that's fine. If yeah, we, we just needed reinforcements, didn't we? I, I think I, I'm not going to ask Definitely. you your opinion on them, Chris, because I know that you don't give a crap about players below the Premier League, so you don't probably didn't know who they were before <laughs> they kicked the ball for us. I definitely heard of his Grove. Didn't tell you anything <laughs> about him, but uh, that may be more of a football manager layoff than anything else. I'd never heard of nowhere, never heard of him whatsoever. <laughs> did the same thing. A Wikipedia him as anyone else did. So his goal record is absolutely atrocious, and I put him in the the file category of uh, oh well, you know, you never know kind of thing. He's probably very. He's probably inexpensive. So if he doesn't come off, nothing lost. Yeah, he's probably like Miller in that regard. Just just someone experienced to to bring on if if need be. And if he chips, yeah, in I with fully forgot him. about Sean Miller. Yeah, and I if fully he forgot in, he existed. Yeah, if he chips in with a couple every now and again, like Miller did against Crew, then that's fine. But clearly not a starter by any means. <laughs> no, I think the same might go for for his Grove. Just squad player. Inexpensive, here till here till the summer, and and if it comes off, brilliant. Maybe a, if we get lucky, you might have a, someone like Marais. If you're not lucky, you might get someone like Buckley. But either way, we're probably not expending too much uh, of our salary cap on the guy. Um, and if anything, if he can help Doral out a little bit, even once or twice in the season, it may end up being worth it. So why not? Yeah, we did need some extra players in the squad, and we've done just that. We certainly need more extra players in the squad now after um, White and Jones's injuries. I mean. It looks sure. as though Jones could be out for a very, very long time. So maybe Isgrove coming in is a blessing in disguise. Another 
person who could potentially play a wing back. But um, you know, we'll see down know, the line how that transpires. Today, who can fill that role? Yes, <laughs> he did indeed. The old postman. I, I certainly wouldn't be averse to seeing him back. Oh, on the is club. he back on the market now? Is he interested? He is. Yeah. Yeah, just got released from Crawley mm. today. There you go. Get him in uh, the old coaching role. Man of his experience, he'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think I speak for every single Bolton fan when I say that uh, Phil Moraes has certainly got a place at Bolton Wanderers if he wants one back. Um, but signing to side, Newport side, we get to talk about our win, boys. How, how excited are we for that? <laughs> uh, Bolton went to Doncaster to play Harrogate and we beat them 2-1. Owen Doyle, Nathan Delfonso, both off the mark. Very important, isn't it, James, to see those strikers end their droughts? Uh, you could just see the relief on Doyle's face when that went in. Uh, I'm 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 absolutely buzzing. Hopefully, this, hopefully this just kicks him on and he'll cont- and he'll have a Swindon-esque run like he had last season, where he scores for about ten games in a row. Wouldn't that be nice? But yeah, mm. th- but yeah. I mean, it's not going to happen, but it would be nice. <laughs> yeah, uh, probably not. But you never know. You never know. Sometimes... <laughs> it doesn't happen for us, mate. It happen for other clubs. It doesn't happen for us. Yeah, I suppose sometimes it just takes one. But hopefully, this is a new Bolton. But <laughs> but I digress. Um. Uh, Delfonso, he's not. He's obviously not going to kick on the same. But same, same as I mentioned with the other strikers, if he chips in with a fair few every now and again, that's you can't complain about that. Um, obviously, his overall link-up play is what's most ideal, and he's been very, very good at that so far, in my opinion. I think he's been probably our most impressive player so far. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, definitely been the most consistent out of the entire lot, and you can you can see him him and Dial slowly. Getting to grips with each other, and as well as Doyle getting to grips with the with how he's um, playing overall with, with with those around him. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for all of them, and hopefully we can carry this on into uh, Grimsby. Absolutely, uh, Chris. How big an impact do you think? Um, obviously, we've spoken about Tut. I think he had a big impact running around like a mad thing, Jurassic Bunny in that midfield, but also Delaney and Brockbank coming in for. Um, Taft and Baptiste was it from the uh, Newport game yeah. memory serves I think that's right yeah I don't think Baptiste has done too much wrong so far but Taft hasn't impressed me one bit to be honest I, I, when, when a new signing posts lots of videos on social media of him running around cones on public parks I, I have low expectations to start with so he's not uh, not shocked me at any point yet Taft but there's still time I guess Brock Banker's bit was a funny one again he's, he's kind of got the, the, the charm of the uh, academy graduate who always gets a little bit more time and a little bit more um, benefit of the doubt from the from the supporters. Um, but I think that um, once, once you get past that, I think Delaney is, is the man for me. I thought his performance was really impressive, and I would hope that he would have a more reg- much more regular place in our starting lineup. Uh, he's got the experience of league football, and he's also got the the composure it seems as well to play centre half with, with any partner uh, of the, the menagerie we've got to choose from. So yeah. Most impressed by uh, by Delaney. Brock Banker close second, and then uh, Santos probably eclipsed them both. If I had to to rank them, um, but of the two, uh, I'd hope to see them both back in the team uh, to remain in the team for the for the Grimsby game definitely. Yeah, I, th- I think it would be nice to at long last have a settled back three because it's taken oh, yeah, a, bit, a little a little bit of time to sort of decide who his best three are. I'm, I'm not necessarily saying that they are his best three, but they worked very very cohesively in that game because it was nice wasn't it Chris to just see a little bit of steel in that Wanderers back line something we've not seen for all season really yeah and I think that that maybe complemented the rest of the team because with, with Everett's philosophy being clearly a, set around a passing game you're going to need centre-halves who can who can play that but then I think fundamentally they need to be centre-halves to start with as well so they must be solid and they must know what they're doing uh, and defend uh, at the end of the day they need to be good defenders too uh, I think Delaney's shown that he, he could possibly do that. Brock Bank as well has got a nice touch on him from time to time. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't change anything for the Grimsby game in terms of the back four. I'd, I'd want to keep them exactly as it was. Yeah, I think we can probably agree with that. Uh, James, it seemed as though Everett threw a little bit of his game plan out of the window in the Harrogate game. Obviously, going back to the um, the three-at-the-back formation that he tried to start with, and I think we're all grateful that he's gone back to that, such as the shambles have been playing four at the back in the previous two games. Um, but we didn't have anywhere near as much possession as we had in other games, sort of adapting to the opposition. Did, did you like the fact that he showed a little bit of flexibility, almost showing like a plan B in this game? Yeah, yeah, in a sense, yeah. I mean, you could tell that as soon as he played Delaney, because obviously Delaney isn't nearly as good with his feet. He's the, he's, he's the 
he's the kick you down and head it type of defender. Yeah, uh, yeah, he was playing le- left centre back, and it just showed how much stronger our defence was uh, because of it. You need we needed players like that. Santos looked way more comfortable playing as the central in that back three. He just seemed to be a lot more focused, whether that's positionally or whether he just had a point to prove. I don't know, but. It, I don't know. It it just all it just all seemed to tick in that game. It, it was probably just um, giving the players a chance that felt like they had a point to prove. So obviously the the Tuts who 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 looked good in the cameos that he came on, even though he may not be able to do a full night yet, he had a quite an impressive showing. Like you said, Duracell Bunny getting all around the pitch, but also looking to always play the forward pass, like Chris mentioned. Um, Sarsvich, as soon as he came back in. Not the most impressive performance, but still led around the park, and it and he did seem to bring a bit of influence into the midfield. Um, Doyle, uh, Delfonso being placed alongside back alongside Doyle, so you'd have that workhorse next to Doyle, and Doyle got to focus on on um, doing his thing. Uh, Maskell coming Maskell coming in for Gordon for his first full start of the season, and it it just paid dividends because Maskell clearly saw that left wing back was open. And he he took his um chance of a plum. It, it it was just a a performance more focused on desire, desire to state state claim for for the um for more of the fringe players initially, and this and they certainly proved that. And it just got, it shows some of the more regular starters initially in the season, like your whites, your Comleys, your your Tafts, who you'd ex- who you would have expected to play more at the start of the season, showing them. What it what it's going to take to to get in this team, and if that if that came at the cost of um, Everett's initial game plan, just to get that idea into the heads, then so be it. It's like like Everett said himself, you can work on that later down the line, but the result was more important at the moment, just to build yep. that confidence back up and show you know we can do this, we can recover from our yep. errors, and yeah, and we will be challenging in this division. I really like that. I like the fact that he came out and said that better, you know, to rather than keep doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results, just to think, right, Harrogate, we know what they're going to do. That We've seen how they've tried to bully opposition in the previous games. We're not going to let them do that. We're just going to go out and get the results. I think it was good that we could see a little bit of flexibility in his game plan. The, the only player I think that we've not name-checked from that game was um, Ali Crawford, who had a very impressive first half, Chris, but seemed to fade a little bit in the second, didn't you think? Yeah, tale of his Bolton career for me, a player who's who's always is flat to deceive. We had the odd moment, the odd forty-five minutes here and there, but for a player who I imagine is probably at the top end of the earners in the club, uh, he's twenty-nine. He's played in, in English football for a while. He's got a pedigree. I expect much, much, much more from Crawford than he's shown during his entire Bolton career. To be perfectly honest, never mind the first half dozen games of this season. So I was really happy to see him play so well in the first half, but it was maybe laced of a little bit of oh well. It's Crawford in the second half when he, when he faded a little bit too. Uh, so I'd really like to see him um, just just give us some consistency because we know he's got the ability. And going back to what we said before about us capitalising on our, our height at set pieces, we know he can put a lovely cross into the box on a dead ball. Maybe we need to just free him up a little bit. Um, I, I'm still not convinced by the midfield partnership with Sarsovic at this minute in time. If White ends up being um, injured and, and someone comes in to replace him, I imagine it'll probably be Comley, but if we, if a third party was to come in and replace um, White, maybe it would allow Sarsovic and, and Crawford to be a bit more um, loose and free in their performance, let Crawford be the number 10 Sarsovic to box to box and then have a holding player in there perhaps to tie things together um, but Crawford remains a, unfortunately remains a bit of an enigma, I think to, to us as, as Bolton fans, it, we've just not seen enough I think we're sort of in the situation though where we kind of have to put him in that team because no yeah, one else totally. really gives us gives us the X factor that he can do. I agree. I agree. Even though we're sort of waiting on it, you you kind of have to you know take the gamble as it were. We're not really in a position where beggars can be choosers. But I think you're right. The, the the balance of that midfield, I think, has been the biggest issue thus far this season. We've talked about defensive lapses, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, but not a lot of they wouldn't have had half the pressure on them that they have had the midfield not really been able to strike a, a good balance. Thus, thus far, James, I think I ask this question every time we have, have this podcast. Who, who do you think is our best midfield trio at the moment? Ooh, I, I'd, pro- I'd probably say the one that did play at Harrogate. Um, yeah, yeah. So, t- t- Sarcevic yeah, and yeah, t- Crawford. Yeah, took with the energy. Um, Sarcevic with the um, 
with the leadership and just being a, an enigma in his own right. Not really a creative enigma like Crawford, but just just being just being there for for lack of a better word. I don't really quite know how to explain it with Sosovic. So someone said he's uh, the Kevin Nolan type in our chat. I think it was Lee. Yeah. But yeah. I, but I don't I don't see him staying forward enough to be that Kevin Nolan type. So I don't really no. know how to label him to be honest. But yeah, I'd probably say that. Although I will say after this game that Darcy is pushing is pushing Crawford for a place as that attacking midfielder. But outside of that, I'd probably say only Sarsovic and Tut at the moment are the ones that um, can really can really stake a claim to be the other centre midfielders. I really don't think Conley's done nearly enough, and obviously we know what we know what's happened with White. Chris, any advance on that? Uh, no, only that I'll be picking this up with Lee privately. <laughs> Kevin bloody Nolan. I suppose I could see some similarities, but I, d- I don't want to be that cruel. No, we just we discussed it before. I think I think the reason why there is a similarity there is because you don't really know how to pigeonhole Sarcevic. You don't. He's not defensive. He's not attacking. There's not really any kind of standout attributes to his game that could put him in either bracket. But no. I do think he's going to pop up with ten goals this season from yeah. by hook or by crook, and just like yeah. Kevin Nolan did. Yeah, I think you're right, and if that's if that's the case, absolutely brilliant. And I'm being a bit sarcastic when I when I talk about not not seeing the similarities. I definitely see where he's coming from, but uh, at the moment, I think the the influence that Nolan could have would be that he would pop up on a day that he wasn't particularly contributing. Uh, so far with Sarsovic, I've certainly seen days where he's not really contributed, but hmm. not with any sort of end uh, end product in there. But again, another player, it's early days, and he's he's coming to a, the biggest club of his career. And so, you know, who's to say that he's not fully settled in yet? It, it, we'll judge him in a couple of months' time, more likely. Yeah, the thing is, I think he's fully aware of that, which may well mm. be impacting his performance. So, yeah, I, th- I, I agree. I think, you know, obviously, as we spoke about last time, we had a conversation that the, the abuse that he received after that Forest Green game was completely out of order. But uh, I, I, I'd like to see more of him in the team to see what he can do, because yeah, I certainly clearly. I certainly think he was the right choice as captain. Yeah. I think the, the comment Everett made, sorry James, if I made, the, the yeah. comment Everett made about seeing a, a very angry Sarsovic in, in training, I, I expected a little bit more from the, the Harrogate, Harrogate game in terms of his performance, but I get there may have been physical limitations given his, his, his return from injury at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you completely stole my point for me, Chris, I was about to say. <laughs> he, was, he was probably just on there to... Give give uh, the rest of the midfield a bit more of a kick up the arse if he really was as angry. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I don't mind that though. I think if that's a person's no, job, let, them, let that be their job. Yeah, we can't have a team that's too nice. Most definitely not. Um, I think. I think exactly. I think leading on perfectly to the final point that I'll make from the Harrogate game. How pleasing was it to see Jack Hickman kick the living crap out of that bloke to stop him <laughs> from running away? It was just he's beautiful, a little, wasn't he's it? A little turd, isn't he? I like him. I like little. <laughs> He fully is. This is the thing. I, I think it was the biggest concern that I had about him being brought in. That I thought he was going to be a shit, but he's a brilliant little shit if he's going to do stuff like that week in, week out. Yeah, yeah I'm all for kicking people, most definitely. <laughs> yeah. He may not have the best defensive ability, but I don't care if he does stuff like that. He, he, he's clearly on. He's clearly got some kind of awareness if if he did if he did that pushing size pitch out to him. Don't worry, don't worry. I'll take him down. Yeah, exactly. that, I think that's a really positive attitude. We talk about players maybe being overawed in our estimation by the size of the club they're playing at in, in comparative. And Coventry are no slouches, but obviously he he really has a point to prove in in, a, in more than one respect for for his own career and the doubters and and even the doubters in the in the Bolton fan base. So I'm really pleased to see uh, Hickman's development. I think he's been really impressive. I would just maybe think though he wouldn't be my. Um, preference to, to replace Jones. I don't see him as a defensive kind of fullback. I, I definitely see him as more of a progressive wing back type. I don't know what you boys think. No, it leads on to the, the perfect perfectly sorry to the point that I was going to make about oh, Jones. I've done that injury. Twice. Sorry. I know, I know, but this is why we have you on as guests, you know, some just people just insight, don't clearly insightful, you know. Exactly. You know, it's almost like you're trying to make my job a bit too easy for me. Um but we do think that Jones is going to be out for some time. I mean the the initial Thoughts on the injury looked like he'd landed badly on his ankle, so could be any kind of lower leg injury, which is you know typical Bolton yet again. Um, I thought Jones was acquitting himself pretty well um, in the game that f- thus far, as you say, Chris. He's a lot more defensively sturdy than, than Hickman. Hickman, I think, is just a bit more exciting because he can whip in a very very nice cross. But w- where do you think that leaves us then? Do we need to sign another fullback or run with what we have? We know that Brockbank could potentially play in that position. So could his Grove. 
Yeah, I, I, would, I would give Brockbank the opportunity. I think he's earned it. And I think his performances so far have shown that he's, uh, he's not out of his depth at this level, which you know we haven't really seen enough of him in the past to have a good idea what that level is. But I think he's shown more than enough. I know it's only been a game, um, but his performance was, was competent enough for me not to think that that would be our priority despite the injury. We've got adaptability in, in a couple of different positions across the back line, certainly in, in the case of making do. I'd rather we concentrated on maybe attacking reinforcements if we had the choice, only because I've never heard of Miller or Newer, nowhere. I think Newer is probably the best pronunciation I've heard of it so far. Mm. Um, J- James, do you, do you think uh, we're better off looking in other positions if we're going to bring more players in rather than replace Jones? Um, if we're going to bring anyone in, I'd rather bring in a centre mid over a uh, right wing back, to be honest. But I wouldn't be against mm-hmm. bringing one in either because I'm... I'm convinced Hickman would not be able to handle the amount of games and I don't think Brockbank would be would be able to play the right right wing back role myself I don't think he's good enough at getting forward to be able to do that but I, I'm I much prefer him seeing him in that right in that right center back role yeah it just seems like it was made for him because he never he never quite stood out as a right back to me so I, I'd rather I'd rather keep him there it seems like his specialist position so so maybe so prob- maybe get someone in f- f- uh, to cover Hickman if need be, or if n- or if Hickman ever gets injured, I suppose we could always adapt the formation. If ever wants to prove himself adaptable, you could always put Brockbank back at right back and then maybe play Isgrove on the wing or something like that, or go for a four-three-three, mm-hmm. something something along those lines. Yeah, I'm gonna get absolutely pelted for this, but I I, I think I see Brockbank almost like Tim Ream. In that he's not really a centre half because he's not got the kind of physical attributes to be able to cope as a centre half, but he's not really a fullback because he doesn't sort of have the attacking ability to be as a fullback. So he's sort of stuck in between those two positions. So I, I, I think Brockback is all, almost like a right-sided Tim Ream, where I think, as you say, that that right centre back role in the back three is almost made for him, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, as soon as I saw that Everett wanted to play a fit at the back, I thought he was he was perfect there. Um, kind of similar to Alex Baptiste, I think he looks more comfortable at the right centre back as well, rather than being the the complete centre back. So yeah, so yeah, we've got I suppose we've got options there that we don't really need the right wing back if to to bring in with Jones out. But in my opinion, we definitely do need a centre mid with White's injury. Yeah, we, we've got a ton of centre halves. Thinking about it, we've got you know we've not even factored in Liam Edwards, not even factored in Matt Baptiste really into the conversation. There's a, an absolute load waiting to be put into the side if need be. It really is. <laughs> yeah. You just got to wonder how this uh, quota thing's going to work out because I'm you know I'm I'm far too thick to understand all the, the rules and regs. Aware of it to be honest, so I, I th- yeah I, th- I thought with senior playing today we maxed out our quota, but because senior as well, Jesus Christ. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought that reached our uh, 23-man quarter, but some people say it's twenty, it's 22 players. But then Ian said in the chat that, that because um, Gordon was under 21 when he started the season, that uh, he wouldn't count towards the quarter. But then I'm like, all these rules are confusing. I can't make Ed's tales of it, to be honest. No, there's no, no I mean, in the EFL. <laughs> again, a bit of point taking back off myself, though. We're, we're one all. <laughs> At the EFL, I wouldn't trust them to know either. So let's just go with it until they tell us otherwise. No, although I think um, we do need to give the EFL a tiny little bit of credit. I'm sure you'll tell me off for giving them any kind of smidgen of uh, of praise here. But uh, they have, well, not really started, but they have given quite a lot of uh, support to the petition to try and get fans back into stadia. Now I'm just going to do a little quick Google, James, and you can edit this out if you want to. I'm just going to see what uh, number they've got to. Bear with. Well, I was watching during the game. Um, I, I last saw it at seventy-one thousand. Which, when you're reaching, they've got to one hundred and ten. They've got to one hundred and ten. Yeah, they've passed the mark. Then they've already passed the yeah. mark. Yeah. So what, what mark is that? You have to get to hundred thousand, and then the government have to um, discuss oh, okay. it. Like the so, uh, though, isn't it? Well, it, it is indeed. But you know, at least it gets to the. Uh, right amount of exposure that it deserves. Because let's be honest, it, it, it just is an absolute farce. It's a farce that people can't, you know, go to a football stadium socially distanced, wearing masks, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, when they can go and get absolutely blooded in a pub, like I've taken advantage of many a time. The cinema. Well, yes, exactly. Oh, the theatre with their Tory, the Tory mates. Yeah, all, all of all of those things. So, uh, <laughs> uh, 
Um, all of those things. We're not a political podcast, Christopher. I've told you this before. Um, <laughs> but yes, so credit the EFL to an extent for getting that a bit of credit and getting over the 100,000 mark. But if you haven't signed it, please do keep signing it as many times as you possibly can. You Do a, a Wesley BWFC and create fake email accounts and all of that stuff to be able to get it up to as high a number as humanly possible. Let's be honest, it's a lot more fun watching Bolton in the stadium and not having to listen to Bolton FM. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm so glad I got BBC BBC structure that Shrewsbury game. That's not something that even crossed my mind about the game today. How sad that would that have been not to be witness to Henshaw's uh, insight or or Derek Clark's absolute mastery of, of football commentary. I have no idea who either of those two people are. I just know that whoever does Bolton FM commentary is horrible and I don't like well, it. Well, Enshaw was an absolute no nobody footballer for, for us a good 20 or 30 years ago, probably, in fact. Well, I'm not sure I was managed to look his way into that role. But uh, the other one, oof, diabolical. Diabolical. Yeah, not ideal. So, yeah, absolutely. Sign the petition, get us back into the stadium so we never have to listen to Bolton FM ever again. Uh, um, looking forward, boys, I think before we, we finish up, I think we've had a fairly comprehensive uh, chat about everything Baltimore Wanderers related. Going to the Grimsby Town game, Chris, uh, this is where I embarrass you and ask you what you know about the opposition and what chances you think we have for the coming weekend. Well, it's funny you say that. I'm actually quite well up on uh, on Grimsby. What, what I could tell you off the top of my head, it's, uh, it's a fishing town in the northeast of England <laughs> where the, the, the primary industry is based around uh, the import and export of, of seafood products, like tuna, Cod, things like that. Um, so yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to God, re- really looking forward to the game. I, I think if we can keep Clive Mendonca quiet, we've got a real chance. <laughs> yeah, I know who Clive Mendonca is. I bet James doesn't. I've seen him. Seen him score. A, I'm sure I've seen him score a hat trick against us. Oh, so I've seen him score a hat trick against Sunderland, which I believe is where he's from, isn't it? But you know, all all of those weird things. Yeah. Um, no, James in all, in all seriousness, I've not got a, God, not a goddamn pissing clue, man. I just thought yeah. we win. I figured not. That's why I was going to move to James and ask him if he knows anything about Grimsby, because I don't. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're below us in the table. So... Jesus Christ, they must be all... Oh, my God, they're bottom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what, I mean. that's what I mean. So it's not working out too well for oh, Ian all the way this Get season. that sailboat back out, James. Get that sailboat back out. Yeah. Although, to, although, to be fair, they, they do have two games in hand, so... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we're still going to absolutely thwack them at the weekend. HMS, mm, the league, if you're Ian Everett. <laughs> <laughs> our uh, Ian Everett for referencing all the Bolton memes and stupid stuff that we say on Twitter and stuff like that. But, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, regarding Grimsby, um, we, we, we should take confidence from these past two performances into this. Um I, I, I don't really know how Grimsby play, if I'm honest, but that's probably not surprising. Um, well, it is Ian Holloway, isn't it, who's in charge there? Yeah, oh, yeah, it is So Ian I, Holloway, I imagine so Gunnar Of course, football. yeah. Yeah, so maybe they're, so maybe they're batsh, batshit mental in attack and they've got an awful defence, so hopefully we can take advantage of that and get Doyle Well, we can, we can relate then, can't we? I was going to say, it sounds very familiar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well... well. Like I say, if, if you can I'll... get out that Spider-Man meme, James, of the two teams. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's don't... timeless that one. I love it. Oh, don't don't give me work to do. I can't be bothered making more memes. <laughs> uh, but... Oh yeah, I love how you consider that work. You've basically alienated half of our listeners right I say, there. I, I say work. It takes me about five minutes at most to do them. But yeah, exactly. But anyway, but anyway, time uh... well spent. But anyway, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to the game, especially on on the back of our performances. Can't believe I'm saying that about Bolton, but it's true. And well, f- Jones aside, I hope we play uh, unchanged team and we absolutely destroy them because HMS pissed the league needs to be back on track, boys. <laughs> exactly. It was a pretty pretty hefty iceberg we managed to hit, though. But you know, repaired the hold and all the uh, the necessary. Yeah, I like what some- health and safety risk assessments and all of that. Yeah, I like what someone said. We were just giving the other teams a head start, being nice. That's very kind of us, isn't it? Very, you know, very sporting. Um, the last thing I'll say before we go then, boys, playing devil's advocate, are we being a bit daft th- uh, thinking that we've turned the corner given that we only beat Harrogate Town? Probably. After you, James, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, but then again, you can only beat what's put in front of you. Harrogate were doing pretty well and, yeah, we managed to beat them. Um, though, though, to be fair, um, we do we do seem to like being a charity for teams that aren't doing well what was it what was it what was the Newport record like they hadn't won away in about a year or something pretty much yeah they faced us 
I wouldn't be. I mean, how many times we've been doing that for decades? We've been doing that for decades. Yeah, so I exactly. So to be fair, I wouldn't be surprised if gave Grimsby their first points of the season. But no, you have to believe off the off the back of those two performances. You have to believe that Doyle will have the complete confidence to actually put his chances away after he's bagged his first. Yeah, you, you, you have to take you have to take heart from things like that. And definitely, thing is, thing is, if you don't, if you can't believe in the team, then what can you believe in? What's the point of watching the game? My God, that was inspiring. I was going to say, I feel like going over the tops now. That's absolutely <laughs> outstanding. Oh, you I, first, not, Chris, you first. Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not be doing that. I think it's, uh, I definitely agree with you about us, us wanting to go in there and claim the victory. I, I'll take a point at the moment. I think, you know, baby steps in the right direction, but I, I do fancy us. I really do, but I wouldn't be unhappy with a point. I think if we can just, we've got the, st- the ship more or less steadied. Um, and that that would be a, another step in the right direction. Grimsby, despite the fact they're bottom of the league, there are mitigating circumstances. And all the way, despite him being an idiot, he's no idiot. Um, so it, it, him and Everett should make a decent decent clash. Well, they know each other very well, don't they? Yeah, they, they've both got both got the the, the stylistic uh, interpretation of the way the game should be played. So so let's see. Hopefully, that means a a decent game all round. But with obviously with us coming out on top, the game is two basket cases. Eight nil. <laughs> Eight nil. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask for your score prediction. I don't need to, do I? Because we haven't got a clue, really. Um, which I think most of the listeners have worked out over the course of listening to our podcast over the last year or so. That we really don't know what we're talking about. Um, but you know, we're, we're the only ones who are brave enough to sort of put a face out there to actually, you know, give opinions on Bolton Wanderers. So it is what it is. Um, I think we've, as I've said, done a fairly comprehensive rundown of uh, the last couple of weeks of Bolton Wanderers stuff and looking forward as well, boys. So thank you very much for joining me for that. I appreciate you giving up your, your Tuesday evening because, of course, I know that with uh, you know the curfew coming up in about 20 minutes' time as we're recording this, you'd have had you know a couple of pints left in the pub, I'm sure. Um, thank you very much for listening, everyone, to episode 152 of the Line of the Industry podcast. I think it's fair to say, gents, the HMS Pistol League is back and sailing. Thank you very much.